We're making an ad. Napping yeah. ad. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm. He listens to the podcast every week. Yep. Has he been canceled? Wait, is Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. <laughs> so um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The <laughs> Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the ad. That's the ad. That's the ad. In the darkest corners of the internet, a nameless, formless entity has been growing. No one dares question where it was created or what it wants. But those who have been entranced by its musings chant its blood-curdling name in unison. Horror Movie Night! Find Horror Movie Night on your favorite podcasting app or at hmnpodcast.com. Hey, Matt. Do you know what today is? Is it Krampus knocked? I mean, it, it's that, but it's also episode <laughs> it's 100 not. of Christmas One 365. fucking 100, dude! <laughs> we did it! Yeah! We just Merry have to do it two... Christmas! Boop, 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 boop. We just have to do it 265 more times, but... Holy <laughs> fuck, man. <laughs> but, uh, so Krampus... Is the movie we're talking about it's for episode one hundred? By the way, <laughs> no, no, I don't want to confuse I, Matt, everybody. Matt was just straight up like lobbing a softball at me, and I'm like swinging a fucking <laughs> whiff, dude. So Holy Krampus, shit. Krampus is a controversial movie over here on the Christmas 365 podcast, which is why I thought it would make a good episode one hundred because you have like an undying love. This is a yearly watch for you. I'm pretty sure this is a, you said this and dark, Black Christmas are like Halloween night watches, correct? Okay, so what I do on Halloween night is I'm usually handing out like candy with my family and stuff, but whatever I'm doing that year, when I get home, I usually make a cup of coffee and, and uh, throw on a double feature of Trick or Treat and then Krampus. And then the Krampus, got it. Speaking of which, Trick or Treat 2... Michael Doherty confirming once again that it's still happening. It's still um, ha- I just want you to know that this is a bit that just a few of our listeners might get. Me and a certain rather not not really famous but well-known horror writer for a specific site got into a spat because uh, he kept posting 
back in like 2013 that um Michael Doherty says trick or treat two still happening and continued to post that as like big trick or treat two update. And I just want to say 2022 big trick or treat two update. Michael Doherty says still happening. Cheers. (laughs) (laughs) I, however, have had kind of a lukewarm reception to Krampus and it's not like you know, we did the Jersey Ghouls podcast where we talked about something like Better Watch Out, where it's like that movie I straight up have no desire to ever rewatch. If I'm at someone's house and they're watching it, I may even like see what's happening in the kitchen, like see if Dude, there's other yeah, people socializing. Same. Krampus isn't that. Like, I don't hate it so much that I'm like, oh, I can't even be in the room. In fact, most of the time that I've watched Krampus beyond the first time was in group settings with friends. And I do feel like that is a slightly better way to watch this movie. And I do enjoy the movie more each time I see it. But I think the central problem that I've always had with this movie, and we're going to start here and and work outward. This will be like a Krampus therapy session. Is that the thing that bothers me is that I hate that the kid that I identified the most with in this movie is basically being punished for just liking Christmas too much. I was hoping you were going to be like, it's the kid that gets sucked through the chimney (laughs) by the gingerbread cookie. Like, I, I just, you know, like, I feel like everything about this movie, I would feel so differently if two things happened, honestly. But the okay. one would be like, if this was like a dude who was like shitting all over Christmas. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, how dare you like not have Like the fact that it's like a kid whose Christmas spirit has been crushed by his awful family. And he's and getting like punished for, for it. The, he's getting punished for the, for the audacity yeah. of thinking that Christmas should be like a special <laughs> time with traditions with his family. Yeah. Like, that never worked for me. I feel like it works better if maybe like think about if it was completely reversed, right? Like think yeah. of it if if his family was like almost obnoxiously too Christmassy. And he sucked. And He's he like, sucked. Fuck Christmas. And that's why and now it's like shit, I have to regain my Christmas spirit to save my family because I have like ruin this by being such a little shit that Krampus is now here to torture everybody yeah. all because of him. like I just feel like the the role reversal would work a lot more and then also I know that this is like a, a and we'll talk about it because I think you saw it I just feel like this movie for going from how good Trick or Treat was like I hate that this is a PG-13 movie and I'm not someone who shits on like PG-13 horror at all but it's like it's not sweet enough to need to be a PG-13. It's actually yeah. a pretty mean-spirited movie, so just yeah. like fucking go for it and give me like some really gory kills and give me that like really earn an R rating. And I think you bought the director's cut and said that it is like one of the most worthless director's cuts you've ever watched. It's like three pretty or much. four extra lines or something, right? So the director's cut has a lot uh, more of Aunt Dorothy. Which, honestly, if you're going to add any more dialogue to any of the characters, it needed to be Aunt Dorothy, because that character is phenomenal. But when you name something the naughty cut, like, I'm expecting you to go full in. Like, I'm expecting you've got enough footage to where, holy shit, like, we can make the movie the way we wanted to make it now. And that's, that's the way, that's the reason I picked it up from Screen Factory 
And when I rewatched it, and unfortunately the theatrical cut isn't on the disc, and I think that might be a rights issue. I don't know like why they wouldn't. Yeah, I'm not sure it. how that works. They did something similar when they did the when they put out the Nightbreed Cabal cut. Yeah. It doesn't have the unedited. It doesn't have the theatric release of Nightbreed. So you almost who's got, who's have got to two keep... thumbs and ordered that seventy dollar box set? This guy. Oh. Jesus! Is oh yeah, it, because because yeah, was the, it you? Did no, you do no, it? No, no, no. What? It, so wait, are you talking about the Halloween one that they put out? No, 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 no. I'm talking about the one that they did for Nightbreed. They oh. put out. They put out a when they released Nightbreed on Blu-ray. They put out the director's cut, Blu-ray, mm-hmm, the Cabal like, cut. Yeah, the, I got. Yes. I have that. Um, and that same day that they announced it, they put up a pre-order for a special collector's set that came with the director's cut and the theatrical cut. And it was the only way they could distribute the theatrical cut. They had a limit. And what's funny is nowadays Scream Factory is well known for saying, we won't print any more of these. Hey, we printed more of these. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But what's funny is this is one of the few releases where they've not re-released the theatrical cut. Like it was part of this. I think they made like a thousand of them and that's it. I do have a slight, you know, I'm, and this is, we are not going to turn this into an anti-Scream Factory no, 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 uh, no, no. podcast, because especially because Scream Factory has brought a lot of great titles, but 100%. I was just talking to my friend the other day, and we were talking about they're doing their Shocktober sale. I think it's over by the time this episode comes out, um, and oof, Homeboy may have put $200 on his credit card just to like load <laughs> up on some titles, but... My friend pointed out, he's like, this is the one year where I'm not that excited about the Shocktober sale because so many of the announcements have just been like, well, now this movie that we already put out is on 4K. Like, there hasn't been yeah. nearly as many, like, oh, we just nailed down the rights to, like, this deep cut movie that you never dreamed would get a release. And I get it. I get the business is like, look, whenever we put out Halloween or The Fog, that, like, keeps us in, in business. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But it, it has been, I would say that 2022 has been a little bit of a bummer on like, it's been mostly just like 4K releases of stuff that it's they true. already put out on Blu-ray or like deep cut Hammer films that they yeah. got. And you know, it does to. like, sometimes it does almost suck me in, um, especially when they did like the Army of Darkness and the Fog ones. When yeah. they start including fucking exclusive seven inch cuts of the soundtrack, I'm like, you motherfucker. Yes, son of a bitch. You goddamn (laughs) motherfucker. Like, nobody needs the fog on 4K, bro. Like, that's... To me, that's not even how that movie was supposed to be seen. Like, no, like Blu-ray is good enough. Then even then, I'm like, bring me a VHS so to watch this shit. Like that. My DVD is perfect. My yeah. DVD of the Fog is perfect. It's a yeah. little bit cleaner than the VHS, but like that movie needs to be a little bit grainy and exactly. And so don't get me wrong. I like when those got announced. I put them in my shopping cart, and then I was like, I'm gonna fucking do this, and I never did it. So I'm kind of proud of myself there because I yeah. held back. Um, no, I pulled. I, I pulled a trigger on literally like i think 12 blu-rays but it was literally just like (laughs) like it was just like you know what let's just get these let's just get because it was like literally these are the last 12 scream factory dvds that i even have an interest in yeah and some of them it's like who knows like i could wait until the next sale and then it's sold out and it's like because they were like it was like stuff like the island of terror where it's like that shit ain't getting re-released once they're sold out of it like you know what i mean so it's like (laughs) yeah So I just kind of made my moves there, and then it's like, all right, well, then from here on out, 
they make their announcements, I can look, and is it something I'm going to pre-order, or is it something I'm not going to give a shit about, and that's just, like, I have, like, a baseline now. It's no and longer, my th- like... <laughs> my thought is, is, like, you... Yeah, we can judge them for putting out, like, The Fog again, and Army of Darkness again, but, like, look at some of these other boutique labels, which, no shame to them, but I don't think that Scream Factory wants to like move over to just releasing grindhouse porn. Like, I yeah, mean, like no. I like, I mean, again, I'm not trying to diss. I'll even put, throw them out there. I'm not trying to diss vinegar syndrome at all, but I don't think that's what screen factory wants to become. Like no. I, and- I, it's not their thing. But every once in a while, Vinegar Syndrome gets a movie where I'm like, that should have been a Scream Factory movie. Dude. You know I mean, like, Drop Dead Fred. Drop I'm Dead like, Fred, yeah. yeah. Like, I'm like, that. what is that doing on Vinegar Syndrome? Because just, you get, like, oh, no, I think that there's those things where it's like, now I have to, like, pay attention to to Vinegar Syndrome newsletters yeah. because it's like every, like, six months there actually might be a title that I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> about like yeah but all right so i've officially so. Well, well hold on i've officially become the person that like i will stop myself like from here on. like like it's it's really weird like i'll stop myself from buying shit like i used to be like i haven't seen this i'm gonna buy it i'm gonna check that shit out that looks like it's a great fucking cover i'm gonna watch that dude i've reached the point where i'm like is this streaming oh it's on the shelf Never mind. We'll watch. <laughs> well, you know what though. So, so I'll tell you where I do end up just buying based on the cover is still the VHSPS table at yeah. any horror convention because a it's like ten dollars a, a bootleg DVD, and like I know that I'm not going to be able to find it anywhere else. So I'm just like, all right, fucking, let's give it a shot. Um, but okay, dude, Revolver, was- <laughs> Revolver. Hold on, this is this is on brand actually. Revolver uh, magazine just re-released the trick or treat vinyl so uh, my fingers crossed that maybe the rights to that flick are up in the air and we can get a limited uh blu-ray or 4k release of good old Ragman, my friend i want to see trick or treat on blue and i need to get out there to that mahoning show later this month not to be confused for trick or treat not to be Uh confused by uh, with Trick R Treat, which is also directed by Michael Doherty, the director of Krampus. There we go. We did so, it. <laughs> so I will say one thing that always has hit every single time that I've watched this movie is that opening sequence. That opening sequence yeah, is, is a masterpiece. <laughs> and that's the thing is like, and that's another reason I hold this movie so near and dear. I saw it in theaters. The whole family went, like my parents went, my sister went, we all went to see it. And that opening sequence is so fucking good. It, it's it beginning to look a lot like Christmas. It's beginning right? to look a lot it's like Christmas. Yeah, beginning to look a lot. But again, like that Christmas. opening would still make sense in the idea that I pitch, where everyone 100%. is Christmassy except for the kid. Like, yeah, because it's the kid that's brawling with someone else. And and here's my thing: is like when he gets home and the parents are pissed, and he's like, "Bro, just guy kept looking at me and said there's no such thing as Santa." Like, yeah. like my, I feel like my parents would be like, "That kid's a dick." Like, yeah. yeah, let's watch Charlie Brown and fucking make some cookies. Well, well, <laughs> that's, because, like, that's the thing. It's it's the same vibe that I feel when I watch, like, Home Alone 2, right? Yeah. Where, like, Kevin's getting in trouble when, like, the entire audience was sitting there watching Buzz, like, publicly humiliate this kid. Yeah. And all he did was, like, push him out of anger. And they're like, well, we've got to figure out who was the, the aggressor here. And it's yeah. like... 
What are you talking? Go to the tape. <laughs> Frank was filming it. <laughs> like, like, Dude, you're not fucking wrong, man. Like, like this bitch just said Santa's not real. <laughs> like, and and I I think what I like about the kid is I think he's very like he's aware of the fact that Santa doesn't exist. Like I think he's just very much like that it's the Christmas spirit. It's well, it's he's, us. He's us. It's yeah. us, dude. It's 100% us. So, I feel like even then, like if I looked <laughs> if I looked at my parents now as a 30-year-old and was like motherfucker said Santa wasn't real, so I punched him. Yeah. I feel like they would still be like yeah, that guy's a dick. Like, like, still, I don't understand why these parents didn't have this kid's back. And that, I guess really that's the other thing. It's a really <laughs> frustrating family throughout most of the movie. Like, that yeah. is really, it's a lot. It's a, it's a lot to tell you. It's, it's, a, it's an aggressively mean movie. It is, but I do love me some Adam Scott. I could no, watch Adam, Adam Scott in pretty much anything. Yeah, I just, it. I think... This was one of those movies where the bar was so high for me because of how much I love Trick or Treat. I, I can't love watch Christmas. It anymore, man. It's, I've lo- seen it so many goddamn you know, times. It's, it's funny. Everyone was so excited about it coming out in theaters this year, and I was yeah. like, eh, I've seen it. Yeah. Like, I have watched that movie so many fucking times. Like, I, I, and that was another I haven't, thing. Actually, is, I think the last yeah. time I watched it was when we covered it for Horror Movie Night, maybe two or three years ago. Really? And since then, I've been like, you know what? I think I need to take a break on this. It's not that I dislike it. It's not that I think it's overrated. It's it's none of those things. I think it is a masterpiece. I think oh, yeah. everyone should yep. see it. I just sent one of the kids that I was a youth group leader for is off at college, said she wanted to get into horror movies, and I made her a list of 31 movies to watch it's in October, watch. and it was absolutely on there. Like, oh, I was yeah, like, dude. you need to watch it. It's great. We're making an ad. Napping yeah. ad. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm-hmm. He listens to the podcast every week. Yep. Has he been canceled? Was Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. <laughs> So, um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the ad. That's the ad. That's the ad. corners of the internet a nameless formless entity has been growing no one dares question where it was created or what it wants but those who have been entranced by its musings chant its blood-curdling name in unison find horror movie night on your favorite podcasting app or at hmnpodcast.com but like I think of I feel like Trick or Treat is going to be similar to how I feel about Napoleon Dynamite, which was like at the time that Napoleon Dynamite came out, I was fucking obsessed and watched it constantly with my friends. And then it stopped being fun to watch. And I didn't watch it for like a decade. But then when I went to rewatch it for the first time, like 10 years, I was like, oh, this is great all over again. Dude. So (laughs) funny enough. And it's 
this is about to become the View Askew podcast pretty soon here. Yeah. Like, that's that's my feelings about the View Askew universe movies. So before Teddy and I had, had started dating, I hadn't watched, like, those movies in at least five or six years. And I was fucking obsessed with those. Yeah. So re-watching them, I was like, damn, these motherfuckers hold up, dude. Yeah. <laughs> these, things, these things are great, man. So yeah. I'm hoping, I, I just give it some time, and I think I'll, I'll like Trick or Treat again. Like I, I, I mentioned a little earlier, there's a Mahoning show uh, where they're showing Trick or Treat and Trick or Treat. And literally, like the only thing holding me back is like, do I really want to drive three hours to watch a movie that I've seen a billion times I mean, just because I want to see the other one. <laughs> depending on the day or night, because I feel like Trick or Treat is not going to be the B picture on that one. Like, they, they yeah, have to start true. with the lesser known one. Go see the lesser known one. Stop stop halfway at my house to save yourself some money on a hotel. Hang oh, out yeah. here for the day and then go Dude, back home. Maybe we'll do that. That's a great fucking idea. However, <laughs> would you let would you let me come into your house if I stayed for both showings? I mean, like, I might just give you a key. Yeah, I was wondering if that was get a key. This can all get cut. I'm actually just planning now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I get. I, I mean, it was. T- it's tough. Mahonen's not maybe half the drive for me that it is for you. Mahoning and even I is, had to leave is, midway through Scream because I was just like, it's it's midnight. I'm not going to get yep. home until two if I don't leave now. I typed it in. It's two and a half hours from me. Yeah, so. it's about an hour and. four. 30 hour 40 yeah. for me but yeah it's it sucks it sucks when you're like man i really especially when you're like it's already sundown and you're like yo can you start the first feature so <laughs> yeah you're like can you turn on this sun? goddamn radio why are you <laughs> playing this you're gonna play this for another fucking hour yeah. i've gotta drive bro yeah. Nobody <laughs> wants to stay here. Tra- this is this is a this portion of the podcast is for a very specific <laughs> audience who lives near the Pocono Mountains that guess what the hell we're talking about. I know, but I'm like, I camped there once. It was for the first John Carpenter weekend. Felt really sick day two. Never fucking again. There is nothing to do up there at all. No, it is. There's a Walmart. That's it. All right. So there are two things that I want to bring up that I do really. Well, one thing that I really enjoy in Krampus and yeah. one thing that is another big chunk of why I and then I got to talk about the things I like. God damn. Yeah. <laughs> this movie has practical monsters and CGI monsters in it, and the practical monsters look so good, and it makes some of the CGI choices all the more frustrating <laughs> to watch. So you don't like, li- you don't like the gingerbread cookies. I think the gingerbread cookies are okay because I do think that that's the only way that you, you could, could have do that. them. The yeah. bear being CGI, like the portions where the Jack in the Box is CGI, where I'm like, we already had the practical yeah. Jack in the Box. Why didn't you just like? Well, wasn't I think the part of the, I think they had the bear too. I think it's like when it was like like the mouth was like like I think that's yeah. when it was CGI. Whatever. I you're t- I mean it makes sense 100. Yeah. percent Like yeah, like it, it, I, they look so much better. They look. They just look stronger. But I do love, and this is another case of me not really knowing one or the other. But I do love the claymation flashbacks, whether it's, oh, it's CGI so claymation or legitimate claymation. Like yeah. at this point, they're so good with the regular claymation, I can't even tell the difference. But yeah. like that stuff is great. Like those. Yeah, and it was. A, it's a great callback to like holiday specials. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm almost. 
I'm almost getting sick of that being like, because I feel like, well, we're a hundred episodes in. There's probably been 15 episodes where we talked about, oh, they did the like, <laughs> the, the Rudolph the Red Nose Man claymation. Yeah. Thing, where it's like, okay, like, I'd rather just see someone do a full movie. Like, at least with Community, they went all in and were like, no, we're doing the whole yeah. episode. Do you think maybe you and I style. are particularly sick of it because we have a podcast that so we have to record for everything? No, I mean, it's. <laughs> No, because it's just one of those things. There's certain like television tropes where you're just kind of like, okay, I know what this is. I know yeah. the beats of this. Like, I literally was just listening to an episode of the Gilmore Guys where they were talking about there was a scene where Luke is talking real fast about how happy he is, but Lorelai has to give him bad news. And while yeah. he's talking, she keeps just saying his name. And he's like, I could count on like every hand the amount of TV shows that have, have done, done that. the excited love interest rambling while the person that's going to have to break their heart in that second has nothing to say but that person's name until they calm down and then they have to just the person's not calming down so they just have to interrupt them and just say what their bad news is and then everything goes quiet it's like it has been done in every single tv show like it's and that's what i mean it's just like i have seen it so many times now that it's like it still makes me happy because i mean i'm a claymation loving man but yeah no, I get it. I, I think I feel like this was different enough to 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 me. It's a callback to like early holiday stuff, but like I think the claymation was done just different enough that it doesn't seem like it was inspired by something in particular, like the community. Like that's obviously rank and bass stuff, but like yeah. I feel like the claymation that they did for this, whether it was digital or not was different enough to where it yes. almost felt very Burton-esque more it did, Burton-esque it did feel it, it felt more Burton or um whatever that guy's name is uh Neil something who did uh Nightmare Before Christmas and and all yeah. of that stuff yeah yeah no think. that Tim Burton did that one <laughs> how dare you listen that poor listen. man's entire career has been has been overshadowed by Tim Burton. Dude, it's, it's wild. Like even when you talk about like, yeah, that Tim Burton movie Coraline. Yeah, Tim Burton <laughs> had nothing to do with it. Not not even a little. Tim Burton bit. movie Paranorman. Like fuck yeah, like, you, dude. <laughs> well, I mean, we'll, you know, you'll be happy to know ten year anniversary of Paranorman. We did it for uh, our Halloween episode. We're doing it for our Halloween episode of Horror Movie Night. Aww. Um. It's we all loved it, so good news Aww. on that. I, I want to talk I, about Paranorman. <laughs> oh, too bad we already recorded it. So. Motherfucker, man! All right, so what are the what are the things in Krampus that you love? Oh, okay. So I absolutely adore like the Krampus look. I love I that yes. version of. Oh, so I said Neil. The dude's name is Harry. It's. <laughs> It doesn't Harry matter. Schleck. I just want to make sure that I'm giving the man proper respect. <laughs> <laughs> Harry, if you're listening, we're sorry. sorry. <laughs> and also, it's Henry. I said Harry, bro. God damn it. <laughs> so I, lo- I do love the look of the Krampus. I, my, my favorite shot in the entire movie is when he's jumping from house to house, chasing the daughter. Yeah, I think that man. is a great fucking scene. And him jumping off the roof and landing next to the car and the like the loud boom and just the way they did that it was so fucking cool. And I guess when I like when I think about what I didn't like about Krampus is there's not enough fucking Krampus. 
Yeah. Like, it's it's more the toys, which is fine. It's perfectly fine. But I want more Krampus in my Krampus movie. And it was the first... This was the first Krampus movie I saw where it wasn't the usual Krampus, just the fucking horned devil. Like, I, I, it was really, the, the design was really cool. Michael, Do- Michael Doherty has come out and said that, like, the Santa face he wears is a mask. We've never seen what this Krampus actually looks like, but it's just such a cool look with the hood and the horns coming out. Reminded me a lot of the the look of the actual uh, Krampus dude from what's that movie we talked about last week? A little rare bit. exports. Rare exports. Thank you. Uh, reminded <laughs> I me. I was like the Hammer film version of Tales <laughs> yeah. from the Crypt. No. <laughs> um, yeah, rare exports. <laughs> Um, it reminded me, at least the look of the guy reminded me of the frozen entity of Krampus, what I would imagine it was if we saw that thought. So that's kind of what this version of Krampus reminds me of. I love the look of him. I like yeah, the I... elves. The elves are cool. Um, but I'm with you. I, I think they needed to go one way or the other. Either go full into gore and give it a full r or go the other way with it and make it a little more lighthearted or or even slapsticky in a way um if you're gonna lean into that lean into the gingerbread shit like like even harder if that's the way you're gonna go but i i think you're right i do think this movie itself has a an identity issue almost um so so I want to talk about one other big piece yeah. of the puzzle, which and I again, have mixed it's Adam Scott about. fucking rules that, that I like that too. Adam Scott was awesome in this. Yeah, no, that's an un, undeniable piece. How do you feel about the ending? Which, okay. Is, have we talked about this before? You and I, I think have discussed this. Okay. That, that, there seems to be two different reads yeah. on how and this first movie off, ends. and I know you're going to bring it up, but have you read the comic? I haven't. I'm aware okay. that the comic kind of just is like it confirms one of them. Yeah, it confirms that no the so so at the end of this movie, obviously, yeah. if you're listening to this, you've probably heard this or, or seen this already. But just in case, at the end of this movie, like. It cuts to the family looking outside the window and it zooms out and they're inside a snow globe and Krampus picks up the snow globe and he puts it on a shelf with all these other snow globes. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I watched, I thought, oh no, he didn't save the day. They are trapped in like Krampus's weird hell. (laughs) Which is straight up fuck this movie if that's the case. Yeah. (laughs) Because that's going right. That's going the better watch out route. We're like, God damn it. (laughs) Yeah. But then there was a comic book. Yeah, then there was a comic book release, though, that basically was like, no, that just means that Krampus is, like, watching over everybody to make sure that they're on their best behavior after the Krampus visit. Like, you got one strike, and that's the only amount of strikes that you get with Krampus. So I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. Like, obviously, I guess we both kind of played our hand a little bit in the sense of, like, we definitely don't like the the option where they are, like, in some weird Krampus-based hell. But, uh, <laughs> dude, that would suck. Like, like, 
again, we've talked about how much we hate downer endings in our Christmas movies. Yeah. Like, it's not what we want this time of year. And I think the comic book definitely confirms the the second one where it is just Krampus watching over you and letting you know he's always watching. Hey, I can totally come back and, and do this again, but this time really take you. Um, and it, it's really very much a warning. And here's... I've, I've never seen an interview with Michael Doherty. I don't even know what the guy looks like. He could pass me on the street. I'd never... I would, in a million years, never know it was him. But I... I want to say he's like us, like you and I, where Halloween's fair game, Christmas is sacred. Well, even, I mean, we've made this comparison before, but even how we we assume we feel we know Trey and Matt, yeah. Where it's like they don't fuck around with their Christmas stuff that much. Like Exactly. They can get weird with their Christmas stuff for sure, but you get a vibe that they really do love that holiday. And want yeah. to like protect it at all costs, and that's why I'm I'm feeling that again. He's like Halloween's fair game. We'll kill all those assholes like in Trick or Treat, but Krampus, we're just teaching a lesson. We're we're teaching yeah. a lesson, and none of these guys, none of these people, deserve to die. And I don't think any of them did. Like the redneck family, I, I can't remember anybody's name. David, uh, what's his name? What's his last name? Oh, Keshner? Yeah, it, David uh, Keshner's yeah. kids, they sucked, like 100%. But I don't think any of these characters earned a death. So I like to think that they were just taught a lesson, and the finding of the Krampus Bell was him saying, hey, I'm still here, I'm still watching, just be on your best behavior, watch, watch yeah. Charlie Brown. So, I don't know, so man. Take me I, to hell I really... in that case, Krampus. I don't want to be forced to watch Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Right. I I I like Krampus, man. I I'm. I don't in hate this dis- Krampus. Yeah, I would I think never. If, if I hated it, I'd be like, we're not talking about it because it'll be an un. It'll be a bad time for well, exactly. For- and that's why we, you and I, have agreed we're never going to discuss Jim Carrey's The Grinch on here. Because yeah, it would just be d- us like taking a huge shit on something that other people really do yeah. like. <laughs> yeah. And and don't get me wrong. If you would have caught me three years ago, I would have loved to have recorded that episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, But I feel like in the past few years, and I, I texted you this the other day, is I'm just tired of negative discourse, dude. Yeah. And it, hey, stay tuned for next shit. week's episode. We'll, we will get into that just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Um, but I like Krampus. I think in this discussion, I'm starting to realize that I like moments in Krampus and certain things about Krampus. I do love it is a little mean spirited, but I do love the family's interactions. Yeah, it's just it's far from a perfect movie. Like no. I, yeah, I do exactly to go back to what we were saying with Trick or Treat, I do genuinely think Trick or Treat is a perfect movie. Okay. It may be one that I've watched too much and I've been overexposed to and I'm a yeah. little tired of, but like the way that it weaves stories together, like the pacing of it, like it just it hits all of the right beats. It is easily if not the best, one of the top five best anthology films that has ever been made. It's a great like Halloween. Like it hits everything. It captures that Halloween vibe. It hits all of the notes. 
Krampus just doesn't quite pull it off as perfectly. Yeah. And it's still like, look, if this was someone's first movie and I wasn't basing it against a trick or a treat, I'd be like, this is great. You know what yeah. I mean? But it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. because you could see what he could do and how perfectly he could execute something. Like I went in with such a high expectation for what this was going to be. Cause I'm like the dude who made the perfect Halloween movie is about to make a Christmas horror movie. There's no way this isn't going to be the greatest Christmas horror movie that's ever been made. And I think that's a lot. That's a, a where a lot of the, the negativity came from this movie. Cause yeah. I don't know if you remember when this movie came out, people were divided on it. Like you yeah. had people absolutely love this movie and people just say, this was stupid as shit. Like I, I they went in thinking they were going to get trick or treat and got, gremlins like it was it's two totally different things so i totally get where you're coming from i do i i enjoy krampus but i know there's flaws but i will continue to watch it every year it is definitely a a staple of mine um i feel like even i think you would still recommend it even though it's not your favorite thing right so if you guys haven't seen krampus i Really hope you didn't listen to this because it spoiled it for you. But if you haven't, <laughs> go, go, go watch Krampus. Um, it's a fun watch. It's definitely a fun watch. I think it's great as a transition movie at the end of this month or even as a November movie. Um, yeah, I think it's fair. Yeah, honestly, usually I watch it once on Halloween and then I throw it on at least in the background during my my usual season of Christmas fair. But that's Krampus, guys. Uh, I love it. I'll Man. always love it. Hey, happy hey. 100 episodes, Dylan. Dude, merry 100 episodes, Matt. Oh, whoa. We're making an ad. Napping ads. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm. He listens to the podcast every week. Has he been canceled? Wait, is Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. (laughs) So um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the ad. That's the ad. That's the ad. In the darkest corners of the internet, a nameless, formless entity has been growing. No one dares question where it was created or what it wants, but those who have been entranced by its musings chant its blood-curdling name in unison. Horror Movie Night! Find Horror Movie Night on your favorite podcasting app or at hmnpodcast.com. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 